Good to see a lot of kids here in church today. We are blessed when you bring your kids. And so we're grateful for our young people. We're grateful for everyone. We're grateful for whatever, um, wherever you're at. Whatever season of life you're in. (laughs) We don't like to name numbers. We just say we're seasoned. We say stuff like we had a senior moment. I like that one. A senior moment. Sam's going, what? (laughs) You'll get there. It's good to have fun. We're a family in the Lord. Think about it, in, in the Lord. You know, all the churches in our communities, let's be a blessing. I'm thankful for all the churches and all the people of God. So whatever background you're from, you're maybe not used to this style of worship. It's... And we just try to be ourselves. You know, God is a God of flavor and variety. That he actually doesn't play partiality. Not partial to one. And that God will love the whole world. That whosoever believeth in him. should not perish, but have everlasting life. We serve a God like none other. There's no other God, the Bible says. There's no other name in heaven by which man can be saved. And the good news today is that we don't have to try to be good enough and I've been reading through the Old Testament, and it's, wow, it's my regular reading habit just to read through the Bible. And I admit, I just had to plow through the, some of the harder scriptures and some of the things that seem like they don't pertain to me. And it was so many regulations, so many laws, so many things, uh, observances that the people of God had to do in the Old Testament. And rightly so is what God called them to do. And they had to bring animals the sacrifice. I'm so glad we don't have to bring animals. What a mess. I grew up on a mink farm. I've seen a lot of animal stuff. Anyway, I won't gross you out with it. Jesus paid the price. His sacrifice was once and for all. Forever and forever. He is the great high priest forever. The priest in the Old Testament days would come and go, come and go, come and go. But Jesus is the everlasting Lord who lives on forever and forever and forever and forever. So actually, rather than actually going to the story, I know that you maybe were, were expecting... Perhaps it's not that we're going to ignore it, 
Well, we're, we're not exactly going to go to the New Testament part of the scriptures where it talks about the actual resurrection of Jesus, but we're going to talk from Romans chapter 8, and this talks to us about why we can live the new life, why we can have a victory, a victorious life over sin. It's because of Jesus Christ who conquered sin and death. And so I read at Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right away that should say, what? That's good news for us. Would it? It'd be just like the enemy, Satan, to remind us. Oh, you, you did this, you did that, you did this. Well, what about that? And Jesus says, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. And he forgets it forever and forever. He will not bring it up. There's no more condemnation. In other words, we cannot save ourselves. And so we read on. For what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh, God did. God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. As an offering for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. What is that talking about? What is this flesh? This is the part of us that we feel, we we see. We have aches and pains. But more than that, it's the part of us that needs to be transformed. You see, I have a problem. I was born into sin. The Bible says we have been born into this because of one man's sin. We have all sinned. It's a serious problem because it, it produced death. And even more serious than the physical death, it, it, it produced an eternal separation problem. To be separated from God is to be eternally, uh, eternal, without eternal life is a horrendous thought. But the problem was remedied, was fixed, so to speak, because God did it. And he opened up the door for you and I to have a relationship with him like none other through a heart-to-heart -heart relationship that we understand it's not that we are going to work for our salvation. He's already provided for that, and we read on the verses. I cannot please God in my flesh. I cannot live good enough to please God. And so we read on. The mindset on the flesh is death, verse 6. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. Or it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Listen. There's some good news here for us. 
I like how he says, however, he's speaking to the believer. However, you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. You stop and think about what, that, what we just read. is talking about an eternal life, an eternal destination. Yes, this body will die so the Lord tarry in this place on this earth. But there will be a new place, a new body that awaits. And see, there is another day that's coming. We know it as a resurrection day. And Jesus said, I will come back for my church. I will come back for my people. And it actually says the dead in Christ to those who died in their faith will be resurrected. They will rise first. And they who remain and are alive shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's called, as we know, the rapture. We, we, we find that in the scriptures. New life. It is our foundation. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is that which we base the whole entire Bible upon. It is the foundation, number one, the Christian life. We need a foundation. We need something to stand on. And Jesus said, I am the Christ. Thou art the Christ. Well, Peter actually said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Remember when Jesus asked Peter, Who do people say that I am? And Jesus said, I will build my church upon that statement. I will build my church upon the rock. When we become a believer in Jesus, you become a part of the overall church, saints and brothers and sisters in Christ. And we together are shouldering the cause. We are together to encourage one another on in the faith. In fact, Paul was such a person that first in his life, you would never believe that God would ever do anything with this man. This man was absolutely, we would say he was insane. He was crazy. He was like a terrorist. He was on the rampage. He was tearing up the church of Jesus Christ. He was destroying believers for their faith. And the story goes, what happened in the book of Acts is that Jesus came himself and blinded him stopped them in his tracks and a voice from heaven came Saul his first first name was Saul why do you persecute me why do you pers why do you kick against me why do you come against me you see what's all about is he, Jesus talked about his 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 bride his 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 He's coming back for his own. And so a wonderful thing happened that day. Saul 
humble themselves. And he confessed. He didn't know all about what was going on. All he knew was Jesus was speaking to him. And he confessed. He was blinded physically for some time, but his spiritual eyes were opened. What we know is he was transformed. It It would link together what he's talking about in Romans 8. Paul, Saul, was in the flesh. He thought he was doing God a service by keeping the law to the point where he destroyed anybody that would try to turn any other way. And Jesus that day came to a soul man, came to, in fact, a murderer, came, in fact, to a person who had a lot of hate in his heart. But there was a different Paul. There was a different Saul. His Saul became a Paul, which we know later become to know as Apostle Paul, who much of the scriptures we have today because of his imprisonments and because of his sacrifices he made to the Lord. And he went to various places of missionary work, and he gave himself, and he was, he was struck by many trials. He was oftentimes exposed to things that were very life-threatening. But why would he keep on? Because something real had happened in his heart. Why did he keep on in spite of the persecution that he himself, and he himself, he said, I am the least of the apostles. Like an untimely one that was born. Listen today, Jesus knows exactly where you're at. And he knows your circumstances. He knows your situation. He knows your heart's cry. He knows your desires. He's created you with gifts. He's created you with talents. He's created you with abilities. And what we're talking about today is not that we can't do anything in our flesh, but we can do much more when we understand it is the Spirit of God living in us and through us. How do we know? We read it. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed... The Spirit of God dwells in you. Now listen. I like to say now listen because that's, that's what I said to my kids so long. Listen, listen. One of the disciples named John, right? He's known as the one who was the beloved. Could have been accused of maybe being Jesus' favorites, but I don't think Jesus paid favorites. But I think John initiated the steps to be close to Jesus. John is the only disciple that we know that was not necessarily martyred, but he had been left on the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation. And by this time, he's up in years, very old. 
But you read the first chapter of Revelation, and it says this. John, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What does that mean? What it means is that he was in tune with God, that he had a relationship, that he was listening, that he was speaking to God, and God would speak into his heart. And that's why we have the book of Revelation. Because God went on to show him, reveal to him what's going to happen in the last days. And so much of the scripture that we have today is because God spoke. In fact, the Bible says all scripture is inspired by God. God breathed into men. God literally took men as instruments. That's what it means to be necessary like in the spirit. In other words, you're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it because of what you think is because God is putting something in you. And when God puts something in your heart to do, or to do, and especially when it comes to serving other people, you're right on track because God is a God who loves people. God is a God who cares. And this is, this is where we need to, uh, to understand that we can only love to a certain degree, but God has many levels of love again and again and again, over and over. And so my second point comes to the thought that because of the resurrection, we have a freedom to live, not a freedom to just well, do whatever we want to do. It comes to a freedom that we don't have to bow down to our flesh. We don't have to give in to the sin nature that we can actually overcome the old sin, the old man in us because of Jesus Christ. In fact, I look at it this way. He can fix our want to. Think about that. A lot of things we don't want to do, right? We just don't want to do it. But listen, if God changes our heart, which he, he does that, he changes our heart so that he fixes our inner man. So now we're doing things because we don't just want to somehow earn points with God, but we really actually have our heart in it that we're doing it unto the Lord. So that when we play an instrument or do something that's with our hands or, or something that's in the garden or something that's in the marketplace that reflects the person of Jesus that's in, living in you. That's what living by the Spirit, living under the operation and direction of the Holy Spirit. Galatians talks about we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. He talks about, in fact, the, the, uh, the life that I live now. I don't live it for myself. The abundant life is not heaping up our shopping carts Filling up our cars with stuff. That's not the abundant life. Well, thank God if you got more than you need. But abundant life has to do with the inner man. That you have a joy, you have a peace with God that whatever happens in this life, and in fact, there's so many things that happen in this life, you do not understand and will not understand until the day he reveals it to you. And the good news is this. 
everything that we have on this earth right now. The good news is that there's no comparison, whatever you have right now, to what's ahead. You see, Paul went on to say something like this in verse 18. I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the, the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Listen, in hope that the creation itself also will be set apart, set free from the slavery. It's almost like the creation itself is saying is groaning. It was set free in somewhere. So there's a power. There's a resurrected power that we can tap into today. Today we can call upon the Lord. In fact, the Bible says in Romans that whoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved, but confesses with their mouth, believes in their heart. What does that mean? We believe what the Lord has done for you. Believe that the Lord has laid down his life. He's taken your place. He's resurrected from the, from the grave so that he can overcome. He's overcome, therefore we can overcome. And so no matter what you're facing, I, I'm not saying that everything's going to be rosy, rosy, and that everything's going to come together and go so smoothly for you. Probably not. But the good news is that you have the Savior and that you're trusting in him and that you have a freedom, you have something. That you, in fact, when it comes to the acknowledging our Lord and Savior, and then we have this thought that later on Scripture teaches in 1 John that we can have an, an assurance, an, ass, an assurance of our salvation. What do you mean? We can know that we're ready. He who has a son has a life. First John says that he, these things I have written, that you might know that you have eternal life. These, what are the things that he's written? He who has a son. First John 1 John 1.9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of your sins. The good, the good news is that we can have a resurrection day every day. The good news is that we can be resurrected every moment out of every circumstance is because of the power of Jesus Christ, because of his humility, because of his willingness to come to this place. And lastly, in, in closing, We have this word that is called faith. I don't pretend to be a perfecter of it. All I know is this. There will be some days, some days where you will wonder what next. You will have days when you will wonder, where's God? You will have moments when your faith is tested. Well, you, you will have moments when you pray and it doesn't seem to make any difference. But keep on. Keep on believing. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting. Keep on expecting. 
keep on looking for the answer. We don't always have answers for people. We don't always have, you know, as much as we'd like. I think I just give everybody what they need, you know. I'm glad I'm not God because I would just give everybody what they want. But that's not the way God operates, right? He knows what we can handle. He knows what we really need. He knows what it takes to keep us dependent upon him. If I had everything I need, would I pray? Would I look for him? The fact of the matter is, when I put him in first place, when I put him on the throne of my heart, that's what it's all about. He's not against you having things. He's not against you having fun. What he wants you to have it with the boundary he set for us. He wants us to have it in relationship with him. He wants us to be involved with seeking first his kingdom and all these other things shall be added unto you. He wants you to have a, an opportunity to spend eternity with him. He wants you in his heaven. And my pastor who I grew up under as he's 95 something like that now, he goes out and preaches in the nursing homes and says to everybody sees, he says this same familiar thing, I want you to be my neighbor in heaven. Ah, I think people are, are, you know, responding. They want to be his neighbor too. In fact, we're to go out and help people understand we're going to be neighbors in heaven. Don't get too excited, Bob. We're going to be neighbors. Who knows? And we have a lot of fun together. Bob and Brenner, great people. You know, let's, let's let God in. Let's trust him. Let's stand on his word. It's not my word, it's his word. Whosoever believeth in him. And it has to be a heart. It has to be your genuine. It has to be real. And when you let him in, when you invite him in, he said, I will come in. And anybody opens the door, he's standing on the door knocking. He wants to come in. He wants to be your foundation. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your king of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants to give you a freedom that you can walk above this. In this world, we can say no to sin. We can say no to the enemy. We can say no to the flesh because of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And because of his resurrection, we walk by faith. It's what's really puzzling, some not really puzzling, that's, that's probably not the right word, but you know, I read the story of going to the tomb here. Uh, the Mary Magdalene was, was, she was really 
afraid after she found and discovered that the tomb was empty. Immediately she thought, someone has taken my Lord. She was ready to go on with the, the process. And the other disciple, John and Peter, you read that in John, and the one outran the other. Peter was the one that ran, no, John was the one that ran faster, but he didn't go in. Peter comes behind, and he just dives right. This is Peter. He just dives right in. And sure enough, there's no Lord. His bindings are over here, his head bound. bound. Just, just get the picture here. Jesus came to life and unwrapped himself. That's the way I see it. That goes, I don't need this. And so he appears, it says, to hundreds. 500 at once. You see, the rumor started when the people in charge of the religious side of things and the company and the Romans, so we, we can't have this. We will say he was stolen. And that's the story that much of the people understand today. But we choose to believe, and I believe in my heart, with all my heart, that Jesus lives today. And because he lives, we can live also. The group is going to play a song here in just a moment. You guys can start to prep yourselves uh, a song. And, uh, what, what the song is, I believe it's Near My God to Thee, is that? Yes. And this song, if you know this song, some of the words are very... You won't, we won't sing it, but we're just thinking about it. Near my God to thee. What is it that, what is it that God is pleased with? What, what, is it, what does the scripture say? It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, we come just as a child, just believing and asking him come into my life. And so they're going to play a song. And we'll have a final prayer after their song. But just open your hearts to the Lord.